Habits and traits of millionaires and billionaires. Success leaves clues. You can leverage the traits of the greats. Anything that produces success or failure has a, a proven path or system to it. If you think about general success, it might be delaying gratification, managing your emotions, having resilience, persistence and consistency. So it's certainly true that you can reverse engineer and analyze the traits of the greats, the millionaires and the billionaires. Now, I don't want to list my whole CV here, but I am the author of the UK's best-selling book on money called Money. And that was a 10-year research project to write that book. And I actually started writing that book from the research point of view when I was 50 grand in debt, then when, you know, going through becoming a millionaire before age 31 and a decamillionaire by age 35. And I must have studied, I don't know if it's thousands of millionaires and billionaires, but certainly I've interviewed hundreds of millionaires and I think 17 billionaires on my podcast, Disruptors. And I think I've read about 3,000 money and business related books, although most of them on two times speed on Audible. I bet you can't listen to me on two times speed. So I'm going to share with you now the habits and traits of millionaires and billionaires. Now, I want to make sure that wherever you consume my content, you follow me and you tune in regularly because I'm actually going to list 19 of them, but I'll cover them superficially because otherwise we'll be here for a week. I'll break my own world record for the longest public speech just for the, the habits and traits of millionaires and billionaires. So I'll cover them so you can get started, but then I will cover more of them in detail on my Disruptors podcast, on my money podcast, and on my lives on Facebook. So having billionaire mentors and spending a lot of time with millionaires, I realized that I had preconceived notions and ideas and judgments about them, which were wrong. Because you don't know anyone until you know them, but you think you know them because you filter them based on your own upbringing, experience, knowledge, or lack of. You know, I was raised to think that money was hard to come by. And millionaires were lucky, born wealthy, or they had to screw people over to make their millions and billions. And they're, you know, they evade taxes and they're a drain on society. And, you know, they're global dictators. These beliefs are actually wrong. Now, in rare instances, some of them might be right. But millionaires and billionaires are individuals. How you perceive them is not how they are. It's how you filter them, like if you put some rose or turd tinted glasses on. So I had, to, I had to overcome and face a lot of my own preconceptions, judgments. And here's the thing. You know, when we judge, it's a reflection of the pain we experience ourselves. Because if we have no pain, we see things through that rose tinted filter. We're not jealous of anyone else if we are happy with ourselves. We don't want to bring anyone else down if we lift ourselves up. So if you do have any preconceived judgments, biases, and negative associations towards millionaires and billionaires, just know that that's more about you than them. And we'll come back to that and I'll do some content on that too. But the first trait of self-made millionaires and billionaires is curiosity. No question is stupid. They see people as equal and level. 
Because what a lot of new millionaires, you know, they've only just made a bit of money. They look down on people. Oh, you haven't made any money. You're not very rich. I can't learn anything from you. I'm better than you. As soon as we pedestalize people up or put them down in the pit, then we remove the ability to learn and be level with people. So if we pedestalize people up, they will look down on us uh, and we will believe we are unworthy and we cannot. You know, they say never meet your heroes. I've met some of my heroes and, you know, you have to be careful to not to put them way up there. They're just normal people. So, but then when we put the people down in a pit, we can't learn from them because we dismiss what they know. Everyone knows something. Everyone can teach you something. Everyone's better than you at something and you're better than something than everyone. So if you have an open-minded curiosity to love life, to want to learn, to ask questions from everyone, not above and below, but we're all equal, you will find more answers. Now, um, all your answers, all the solutions to your problems are hidden in plain sight. They're in, the, they're in your customer services and complaints department. They're on SurveyMonkey um, surveys that you send out. They're on Instagram polls. They're in Facebook groups. They're in your happy client testimonials. You just have to ask. You have to be curious. But most people, they're, they're the opposite of curious. They think they know it all or they think they know nothing. And they're not curious and open to learn. And, you know, there's a, a couple of billionaires in particular I know very well who it always fascinates me. I've interviewed one of them twice on my Disruptors podcast. And I start talking to him and he just turns the interview around <laughs> and he starts asking me a load of questions. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're a billionaire. I'm just Rob. But he's curious to learn because he knows I'm maybe more prolific on social media and I may be more of a modern a marketer and, and business owner, and he knows he can learn something from me because he's not looking down on me because I'm not a billionaire. There you go. So a billionaire will have the courage to ask the stupid question in front of others. So actually, the person who's prepared to ask the stupidest question is probably the smartest in the room. Let me say that again. The person who's prepared to ask the stupidest question is probably the smartest person in the room. Okay, trait number two, habits of millionaires and billionaires, is they take full final personal responsibility and full ownership. Even if it's not their fault, they will take ownership and responsibility to change. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. You know, I have nearly 100 staff in my main um, office building, Progressive House. And sometimes maybe they don't hit the results or the metrics that I want them to hit. And sometimes if I think I want to get on their case a bit, I think, what responsibility can I take? Is it a good work environment? Have I removed all distractions from them? Have I removed all overwhelm from them? Have they got a clear job description? Have I hired the right person? Have they got all the resources they need? Do they need skilling up anywhere? Now, it would be easy for me to say, oh, shit, you're not doing your job. I'm paying you. Do your job off. But that's not taking full final and personal responsibility. And I hired them. Okay, I didn't hire them, but my company hired them. So even when it's not your fault, when you take responsibility, not blame, by the way, you don't blame yourself but you because that's beating yourself up, but you don't blame others too. Now, if you teach people around you, your staff, your outsourcers, the people around, if you teach them, your children, if you teach people around you to take full and personal responsibility and you take full and per, full personal responsibility, everyone in your network takes full personal responsibility. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an argument and you're just combating and you're it's going nowhere. You're just, I'm right, you're wrong. And then as soon as one person apologizes or owns up, the other person immediately backs down and also apologizes and owns up. 
So there's something really powerful when you take full personal responsibility and ownership because when you do it, others follow your lead because it's disarming. Now, look, we're all allowed to rant and a moan. You know, I'm pissed off with the government and the crazy increase in taxes. I'm pissed off that there's a war going on. I'm pissed off with censorship and cancel culture. And I'll go and rant on social media or my episodes and lives. But once I've had my rant, it's like, right, I can't change the government unless I'm going to try and, you know, become mayor of London or the chancellor, which I'm not going to do. I can't change the school system. I'm pissed off about the school system, how it doesn't have good enough financial education and knowledge. So I can be pissed off about that my whole life and blame them. Or I can go, do you know what? Set up your own foundation, Rob, which I did. Build your own entrepreneurial school, which I did. Teach people across the world better money management, which I do. Okay, number three then is millionaires and billionaires spot trends. Now, they spot them early, but not too early. Now, I was told by someone who's well-regarded in the business world, you need to get in, in, in on a trend in the first third of its duration. So if you think insurance, that's in like the last 5% of its duration of growth. It's just a mature market. But if you think about NFTs, cryptocurrencies, even e-commerce, even social media, they're still in the first third of their phase of growth. They're still early. Now, people think with trends, you have to be like super early, the first. By the way, first is often worse. They say, first, the worst, second, the best, third, the one with the hairy chest. <laughs> well, my kids do, and I just did. So first means you're the crash test dummy, and you're probably going to die. So you don't have to be first. You just have to be in the first third. Why do you need to be fairly early in a trend? Because you need to be able to get the upside growth, the hockey stick curve of growth. Okay, number four, then, is energy. All millionaires and billionaires I've met, they have energy around what they do. Now, I want to bust some myths here. People say, you know, you've got to eat really healthy foods. And you've got to walk 100 miles a day. And you've got to have cold showers. And you've got to do keto diet and have no carbs. Yeah, man. <laughs> and they, they say stuff like that. Warren Buffett doesn't do that. Warren Buffett's not running marathons while doing Facebook Lives. No. Can't hurt me. <laughs> but. Even the older statesmen and women, the millionaires and billionaires, they have an energy about what they do, a longevity, a consistency. It could be passion. It could be endurance. It could be no loss of enthusiasm. By the way, I love cold showers too. I know this isn't about cold showers, but cold showers are game changers. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> so do you, do you have energy about what you do and who you are? Or are you lethargic? You know, this is why health is wealth. Because when you lose your health, you lose your energy. <laughs> Someone has just said, don't diss David Goggins. I interviewed him on my podcast. I, I know him. I'm not dissing him. I didn't even say this was David Goggins. But the point is people misperceive what energy is. It can be enthusiasm, passion, drive. It can be endurance, persistence, consistency. But it's energy. And you've got to remember that Enthusiasm is infectious, but you need to have this over 10, 20, and 30 years if you want to be super successful. You need to have enduring success. Anyone can be like the dog humping the tree. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Gonna be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and seven minutes later, they've knackered themselves out. <laughs> All right, number five. Well, how am I going to finish 19 of these? Maybe I'll do a two or three parter. Let's see. Number five habits and traits of millionaires and billionaires is education and continual development and improvement. The learning never stops. The more you learn, the more you earn. The more you unlearn, the more you earn. You know, you don't have a bath and go, beautiful, I'm clean for the rest of my life. 
<laughs> Take a deep breath. Ah, I've breathed for my whole life. I did a $5,000 course a few weeks ago. I'm about to do probably a $25,000 mastermind event in London. I'm always sending my staff on training and development courses. I've got various mentors. The learning never stops. I would actually say I make more, do more, give more, the more I learn. So it is true to say the more you learn, the more you earn. <laughs> okay, number seven then. No, six. Careful, getting a bit excited. Number six is consistency and persistence. Now, by the way, these are different, and I figured this out. There's some, there's some advice out there that you can get on Instagram or on YouTube for free about millionaires and billionaires. Most of them aren't millionaires or billionaires. And by the way, um, I became a millionaire 12 years ago. So I've been, I'm not just a new millionaire either. Uh, you know, and, and things like, yeah, you just got to keep on going, haven't you? Yeah, just got to keep on. Never give up. You just got to never give up and you'll be a millionaire. No, it's not as simple as that. If it was, everyone would be a millionaire. So consistency and persistence balance. And I know this because of all the people I've interviewed as well as what I've experienced. So consistency and persistence are different. Consistency is keep on keeping on when it gets boring, when you get distracted, when it becomes normal. Persistence is keep on keeping on when it gets difficult. When it gets hard, you get harder. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Now, some of you struggle more with consistency and some of you struggle more with persistence. So honestly, I find persistence reasonably easy. It's not a brag. It's just, you know, when it gets hard, you get harder. When it gets tough, you get tougher. When the going gets tough. Do you remember Billy Ocean? Oh, I love that song. When the going gets rough. So, sorry about that. I've just lost a thousand subscribers. <laughs> but for me, when it gets hard, I actually like that. It's disruptive. You know, it's, it's contrarian. But boredom is my enemy, man. And I get bored really quick and I'm really good at starting and not so good at finishing. So I've never had a problem with persistence. I've always had a problem with consistency. So I don't know if you can relate to either one of those, but consistency is when it gets boring and persistence is when it gets hard. Okay, number seven then is continual solution to problems. Do you ever get a problem coming in and go, why now? Why me? What the fuck? What's going on? Oh, I just want it to be easy. Why won't the problems go away? Why do I keep getting these issues? Here's why. The reason you keep getting problems is because evolution and humanity want you to grow. And you do not grow without challenge. You know, you build resilience and grit through challenge, through hardship. You do not grow without challenge. So... See a problem as a sign of humanity in the universe believing that you're ready for the next challenge. So I often see problems and my amygdala, my chimp brain, my triggering emotions going, look at them, what's going on? Ah. But one of my mentors said to me, the universe never gives you a problem that you can't handle. So new problems and new challenges are a sign that you've mastered your old ones and you're ready for the new ones. So, you know, there's a saying I love in business, new level. New devil. So your reward for solving a problem, get this. It's a bigger problem. So when we solve a problem, what do we want? Oh, we want pina coladas, the beach, bikinis. 
Ah, just want freedom, millions. No, 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 it's not how it works. As soon as you solve a problem, your reward is a bigger one. Now, when you solve a problem, you can handle a bigger one. So the universe gives you a bigger one. And then when you solve a bigger one, the universe goes, they can solve a bigger one. So they give you a bigger one. And it makes you more and more resilient. And you become more and more useful to society, the bigger the problems that you, you solve. So Elon Musk is solving big freaking problems. Trying to, you know, fight a war against fossil fuels and, you know, the massive oil companies. And trying to get us into space where people die if it goes wrong. And he's built up resilience to that over decades. So millionaires and billionaires aren't wishing problems away. That's not to say they won't get triggered or their chimp brain won't go, but they know their reward for solving a problem is a bigger one. And they just think, you know, basically life, life and business is fixed, fucked, 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 dead. There you go. That's personal development 101 for you. Fixed, fucked, fixed, fucked, fixed, fucked, fixed, fucked, dead. And sometimes you enjoy those moments when things are fixed. And sometimes it's painful when things are fucked. But we, we go from chaos to order, happy to sad. It's in cycles. And you must not be naive to that. If you're naive to that, you'll wish your problems away. You'll avoid them. They'll keep chasing you and you'll end up breaking or giving up. Okay, number eight then, habits of millionaires and billionaires, is goals. Now, goals are actually a delusion. Goals are a fantasy. I'm going to be a millionaire, yeah! Well, that means nothing. I could say I'm going to be Jesus Christ in the modern world. Or I'm going to have a billion people following my OnlyFans. That's just a fantasy. It's just not nonsense. Verbiage. And this is the problem with goals. Goals often are a fantasy that you can't achieve. The bigger the gap between fantasy and reality, the more pain you have. If you're experiencing pain and challenge. Now, this is simple, but not easy. But the single way to overcome pain and challenge is to shorten the gap between delusion and reality. Between expectation and reality. So... If everything in life is better than you expect, then you'll have a happy life. Charlie Munger, one of the most um, successful investors in the world, says that the, the secret to happiness is low expectations. <laughs> now, I used to think, oh, you're being a bit negative. Haven't you done personal development? Tony Robbins wouldn't say that. Come on. But actually, a lot of our pain comes from unrealistic expectations. We expect things to be better than they are. And then the bigger the gap between expectation and reality. It's like when we go into relationships. Have you ever been in love with anyone? Have you ever pedestalized someone? You know, been infatuated by someone? Do you know what being infatuated someone with someone really is? And hey, I know relationship guru here. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> infatuation is seeing more upsides than downsides. That's all it is. You, you put this person on a pedestal. Wow, they're amazing. They're beautiful. By the way, you haven't seen them naked yet. So you ain't sure about that. I mean, there was a thing called a wonder bra back in the day. <laughs> so you put them on this pedestal. You don't know anything about them. You don't know anything about their exes. You don't know anything about their flaws and foibles. You put them up there in this fantasy. Oh, wow. The light shines on you. You reflect the beauty. 
and then six years later, you want to divorce this person because all you can see now is their flaws and failings and habits and issues. So goals are actually a fantasy. What you need to do is have plans and take action steps. So a goal is putting the postcode in the satellite navigation. But then you need to plan the journey and you need to tweak the journey as you get roadblocks and roadworks. So sure, set the goal, but then have the plan and create and refine the plan on a regular basis and refine your priorities on a regular basis and then overcome and adapt, adapt and overcome through challenges and difficulties. <laughs> I get some funny comments here. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Okay. Um, now, I was thinking in recent years, hmm, in one way, we need to be positive and optimistic. You know, glass half full. We must believe. Entrepreneurs do difficult things and the odds are stacked against us, so we must believe in ourselves. And we must speak well of ourselves. And it's good to see the good in others. We must be positive. We must be optimistic. But the problem if you're positive and optimistic with a contract is you get screwed. So actually, the problem is if you're positive and optimistic in an interview, you end up hiring someone who sells you better than they can actually do the job. But I remember 15 years ago being skeptical and negative and how horrible that felt. Toxic inside. Because you know when you feel something vengeful or angstful against someone else? You know, if you feel anger towards someone, jealousy, bitterness, frustration, they don't feel it. You feel it. So they're not in pain. You're in pain. But then I read this review from Harvard. Harvard, pretty credible, you'd have thought. And it said they'd studied a load of successful people. And the key for being successful is realistic optimism. And I got the eureka. Because that's what I've been learning over the last 15 years. When I've been too sceptical, I repel people. I'm not attractive or radiant. I don't think anything can be done. I, can, I hoard money and... Yeah. No one wants to do business with someone like that. No one's inspired by someone like that. That's not going to be a great leader for a company. But then if you're happy, happy, joy, joy, look at me. Everything's great. I'm just going to manifest everything in the universe. I've read the law of attraction and the secret. Don't worry about work and hustle. Oh, that contract will write itself. That real estate development will manifest its own developers and planners and solicitors and brokers and builders and contractors. No. <laughs> so being realistically optimistic, this is a trait of successful millionaires and billionaires. They can put the sceptical hat on when they're writing a contract or they're in a legal case. They can put the optimistic hat on when they're creating a vision and leading the team. Realistically optimistic. This is shit people won't tell you. Forget all these freaking sound bites on Instagram and YouTube. You want the down and dirty, hardcore, practical, tactical and actual. This is what Rob Moore brings you. Make sure you share my content. Come on, share the love. Okay, number nine. Do you know what? I'm going to do this in two parts. Otherwise, I'll be here forever. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. Number nine of 18 habits of self-made millionaires and billionaires is they serve vast numbers of people. You're never going to be a millionaire selling your mum something on eBay. Now, if you look at the billionaires, they serve a billion people. Oprah said, if you want to be a billionaire, serve a billion people. eBay probably has one to two billion users. Facebook has two billion users. Google has two billion plus users. YouTube has two billion users. TikTok have a billion users. So you need to overcome playing small and start playing bigger. So you need a product and service that's 
nationally and globally scalable. You need to leverage the internet and social media. You need to increase your followers and fans. You need to have good supply chains and partnerships and collaborations. So Virgin, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the brand Virgin, Richard Branson, I'm sure you have. Well, Virgin, nearly all Virgin companies are a collaboration. MBNA with Virgin Money, for example. You know, their health clubs are run by a health club gym company, but they, they license the Virgin brand. So nearly all Virgin companies, they license the Virgin brand, which has great brand equity, and then a, a, another company forms a partnership where they deliver. So partnerships and collaborations, they can increase your reach into revenue. I interviewed Jordan Peterson, nearly 3 million views on my YouTube channel. That's a partnership between me and him of sorts. I've got a business partner, Mark Homer. We've been in business 16 years. We've just finished a 99 apartment, 159 tenant block, $27 million, $2 million a year in income. I wouldn't have been able to do that without him. He wouldn't have been able to do that with the main contractors and the subcontractors and the planners and the lawyers and the banks and the lenders. So everything's a team game. And the bigger the team you build, the more people you can serve. And the more people you serve, the more money you make. Because actually, billionaires don't make a billion out of one person. You know, there's a few small firms that don't have high volume, like maybe Sunseeker or Lamborghini, you know, that are going to make a lot of money out of only making thousands of units a year. But generally, if you want to be a millionaire or billionaire, you need thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of units a year. And often, the companies that make the most money they sell the most number of units of things, and those units aren't necessarily expensive. Post-it note. 3M have made billions out of post-it notes. I don't know how much a pack of post-it notes cost now. Probably about 150 quid with inflation. <laughs> but there you go. So there's no such thing as self-made. No such thing as self-made. Um, actually, that's part, that's number 10, so I'm not going to talk to you about that. So I've just covered curiosity, full responsibility, trends and early market movements, energy, education and continual improvement, consistency and persistence, continual solutions to problems, the difference between fantasy and reality and realistic optimism and goals and then serving vast numbers of people. I'm going to do a part two. Otherwise, you won't be able to get anything done today. So in part two, I'm going to talk about partnerships and relationships, sales and marketing, how to make a profit, managing your emotions, accepting criticism, multiple streams of income, avoiding time James drains, leverage, learning, then breaking the rules, and then creation versus consumption. Boom, boom, boom. Thanks for tuning in. I love you all. You are legends. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Now, let me ask you this. Would you like to learn how to start and scale your business? Would you like to learn how to get better financial education and knowledge, to build multiple streams of recurring income, to build digital assets, to be a creator? in the creator economy, to monetize social media. Well, if you, if you would like to learn all of that, do you know that I have a membership platform called rob.team? And literally, you open a browser and you type in rob.team. That's it. Go do that now. Now, I deliver 12 pieces of premium content you can't get anywhere else on starting and scaling your business, getting better financial education and knowledge and overcoming the mindsets and skill sets and strategies and tactics to, you know, grow your business and make more money. And I do 12 of them a month. Sometimes it's a deep dive blog article. I did one about what it takes to be successful. I've just done one about facing fear. I've done the seven stages of turning any business around. I've just finished those. They're all in rob.team, R-O-B dot T-E-A-M. Go now. Don't wait. I also do two masterclass Zooms a month. So you actually get me live on masterclass Zooms. We normally have about 200 odd of my Rob.team members. I do Q&As and masterminding and I do different subjects. 
Like I did turn low self-worth into high net worth. I did how to close the sale and put the money in the bank. I did the seven stages of scaling your business. I did the content creation masterclass. I'm doing the social media monetization masterclass. I did the 10 extra social media following. So, and, and by the way, I've had the um, Rob.team subscription platform for years. So we've got all this premium content going back years. All recorded, all there, and you can gain access for just the cost of a cup of coffee, a large coffee, I will say, um, and you can cancel anytime. We also have thousands of members, so you've got an, an amazing connected entrepreneurial community. So go there right now, claim years worth of content recorded on video and audio, all the parts of my podcast disruptors, of all the disruptive guests that I can't post publicly because I'll get cancelled or deplatformed. All of those are in Rob.team. I've got um, scripts and instructional videos and systems for sales, for marketing, for building your social media following, etc. can see many people are already members, but go and join right now at Rob.team. Thanks for tuning in and make sure wherever you're consuming my content, you follow and subscribe. And um, I do daily Facebook lives. I do regular content on what's going on in the world that's relevant to us all and also money related content. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in rob.team. Just type in rob.team. I'll see you on the other side.